0: Today we're joined by James Bracey. How's things going? Yeah, mate, not too bad. How's yourself? Yeah, all good. Just uh, getting by in this current climate. Yeah. Um, so let's um, let's go where where it all started for yourself. So you're born in Bristol. Yeah. When did you first get into the sport? Um, really
1: young, like maybe four or five. Um, sort of my family homes backs onto the local cricket club, so you know. With a brother and obvious sort of like just wanted to sort of try everything. So ended up going, you know, football, cricket, tennis, you know, out the back of the house. And yeah, managed to just sort of find a real appetite to play cricket. Um, obviously started playing competitively a little bit later, sort of nine or ten, but was always out always of bat and ball and, and, and wanted to play in some capacity.
0: So you said bat and ball, but what about the gloves? When did that first come, in, come <laughs> into the equation?
1: Well, yeah, my brother's a little bit older, so he started keeping when he was sort of 11. Um, always watched him a bit and did a little bit, but never sort of more of a batsman um, until I sort of got to, to 15, 16, and then and then try to sort of add that string really to my bow as a, as a, as a full-time skill.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned your brother, Sam. Yeah. He played he came through the uh, through the academy system as well, didn't he, at Gloucester? He played yeah. first class in terms of the via the university route. How much of yeah. an inspiration was he for you growing up? Yeah, I mean obviously him playing and sort of being those few years ahead of me on the on the
1: pathway. Um sort of learned a lot through him essentially. He um he went to the Cardiff scheme, played some first class cricket, got a taste of it there. Um obviously experienced what it's like to play in an academy as well. So me, I mean, I joined, he would have joined the academy a bit earlier than I would have, age-wise. But um, I feel like I had a good understanding of what, what it required when it came to due to sort of the experiences he had, yeah.
0: And then when did your talents first get spotted? When did you first uh, come into the, to the, to the academy for Gloucester?
1: Um, so I played obviously youth, youth age groups from 11, um, probably signed a contract sort of 17. Um, played sort of the odd academy game and second team game sort of those years um, and i think sort of really kicked off sort of in, in line with when i went to university as well so it all sort of happened quickly from when i was sort of 18 19 um sort of in tandem with gloss and uh, and Loughborough.
0: so any advice you could give youngsters in terms of your you know just examples of your own personal challenges that you face and any tips you can perhaps give youngsters kind of wanting to follow the similar a similar path
1: yeah I think a lot of the young players get sort of caught up in the in the conventional route into the game you know getting on the academy early developing really early and and trying to push from there um I think we see a lot more these days especially in in white ball cricket and stuff you know a lot of guys blooming late and making debuts at sort of 24 25 27 you know um rather than than being there from 12 and, and making your debut at 17 it doesn't always happen like that so you know, I got, I got turned down a couple of times growing up and it was more of a case of just just volume of runs and volume of wickets and um, sort of just keep on putting your name in the hat. And, you know, it's all about taking those one or two opportunities where you get noticed. So sort of keep your chin up even through times where you're maybe not, not taken on straight away, but um, it can always happen later on. And, and obviously, as that's happened for me, it's been, it's, that's been perfect for me.
0: So is that mental strength at a young age important then?
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think that's something that a lot of sort of young, um, young guns are looked at and targeted early. I think that sort of comes back to bite them in the ass a little bit. So um, I think, yeah, developing that and playing a lot of club cricket, a lot of school cricket and that sort of stuff. I think getting into a, into a habit of scoring big runs and, and learning how to do it, I think that was, that was crucial for
0: me was there a particular coach that that helped you and believed you more than more than more than another whilst you were younger yeah i think when i got sort of 16
1: 17 and the it it tied in well for me that my my college coach and the uh was also the gloss 17s coach he was also the gloss sort of emerging players coach so i think having him around across all my different um sort of training and and games was was good he was Batsman himself, Tim Hancock, um, he played at Gloucester. So I think having that sort of consistency amongst, amongst all those different setups um, really helped me to get a better understanding, I think. Obviously not having too much clutter and information being chucked at me, sort of um, managed to
0: build a, a pretty solid game around that. So Was your training as a youngster more technical-based, or was it a case of you've got your talent, go and express yourself, and the coaching received was more mentorship? What
1: was it yeah, about? I think it, um, yeah, I think it was more. You know, you always obviously do your technical drills, but I feel like a lot of people break it down to such a, a specific like way of doing things that it overcomplicates it. So there was always like your drills in terms of you know hitting your balls and and learning the different strokes. But I think a lot of it came from you know preparing yourself up up, up mentally and um, just going out and and finding a method to score. Um, it's not the same for everyone, you know. Someone like myself, I like to score, score square and play off my pads and, and wait for people to come into those areas. Other people like to you know, hit stronger, straighter, um, and maybe wait for people to drop short. Um, but yeah, I think playing a lot of, a lot of games and competitive cricket was something that I sort of learned whilst doing rather than training all the time and not playing as much. So um, I think from, from Tim especially, that, that mentorship side of it came in, um, and I was able to sort of draw on his experience and and get a better idea of how it was how I was going to make it moving forward. Definitely,
0: would it be fair to say that cricket is kind of a more a unique sport because you're always playing generally, whether even being club cricket as a youngster, you're playing with adults. You're playing even with like two people, two, three, four, five, six, seven, etc. Years older than you. Does that yeah. help in that kind of maturity and? when it comes to your specifics and your drilling, the actual game moving forward, did that help you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think going out at sort of 11 and 12 playing against adults, whether it was fourth or 15 cricket, um, or as I went up playing first team cricket at 15, I think that's, that's massive. It's, it's a different game. Um, you know, it's a lot more hostile in terms of they go at you. Um, you obviously the pace of the game, um, and I feel like even now, sort of, when I started playing county cricket, I continued to play club cricket on a Saturday because it's, it's a good battle of sort of working, working the game out. You're not going to always come up on good pitches against bowlers giving you pace on and stuff like that. You're going to come across niggly bowlers who are sort of very different to what you find in county cricket. So I think it's always good to adapt to learn how, how to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, it was definitely beneficial for me playing against those people at an older age.
0: And then can't talk to you without without mentioning Gloucester's history, recent history, you know, the Mark Lane era, yeah. one day cricket, you know, you must have grown up, you know, members, et cetera, just talking like old coaches, talking talking you talking it up, et cetera.
1: Yeah, it was always around that um that sort of style of cricket. Um I wouldn't have watched sort of that main era, which was sort of late nineties, early thousands, but sort of as I grew up late late two thousands. Um, sort of my first real memories of it, sort of 2007 finals day when Gloss lost in the T20 final um, and the likes of sort of Craig Spearman and, and um, Chris Taylor and Hamish Marshall and people like that sort of the brand of cricket that Gloss always plays is something that we still base ourselves around now um, so we scrap, we like to, to play the game our way which is slightly different to other people um, and I think that's why we've always been so successful in, in the shorter formats
0: you mentioned university um the importance of having kind of a dual path Mm -hmm. yourself
1: yeah yeah i think um as someone who was sort of on the edge of a contract and not really nailed one down i think it was it was great for me to to have that extra focus um i always wanted to go to university sort of studying was always something that um that i wanted to pursue um because obviously Cricket, such sort of a it's such a lack of security in professional sport. Um and I think going there and having the the programme that we did uh with the people around me that I did sort of really helped me realise what it took to to go into the back into the gloss environment and and give what it takes. Um I think we had a really, really strong group at Loughborough in the first couple of years and and that was a real big driver for some of us who were all in the same position to then
0: kick on and and start performing for our counties. Yeah, I think I was just reading up. A few have also gone on to play first class cricket. Can you just reel yeah. a few names off Yeah, I mean,
1: my second year team was probably my standout, sort of the standout side we had. We had, um, you know, Hassan Azad, who's now at Leicester with Sam Evans as well. Um, Sam Kirk, who's playing in the Lords final, he's just got like just gone to 100 first class wickets. Um, Michael Burgess, who's at Warwickshire now. Robbie White, who's just Signed again at Middlesex, Charlie Thurston at Northants. So we had like eight, nine, ten players who are now playing first-class cricket, which for a uni side at the time was um, was pretty special. Um, we didn't lose many games, and I think that was a, a key driver for us, you know, standing out and and making sort of counties look up and say, all right, these guys in
0: this system are um, are good enough to be performing in, in, in first-class cricket. And then your debut followed um, in 2016 yeah. against Sussex. How did you, uh, was that a proud moment for yourself, making your debut? And how did you see your game at that stage?
1: Yeah, I think it was, sort of, it was the end of... I'd just going to start my second year at uni. I hadn't played for the left side that year. I hadn't been picked. We had a really strong squad. So um, I probably went into that game and I probably wasn't quite ready, I think. Um, sort of managed to score some second team runs back end of that year, but sort of coming across against a really strong attack um, was something I'd never really, really come up against. So but I think it was good. As, as a one off game, I think it taught me a lot then going into the, the start of the next season. And when I went back to the first class cricket with the unis, start of the next season, I was much better equipped to to deal with it. Um, I think as much as at the time it seemed like I was about my depth, I think it, it gave me a lot more than I'd have, I'd have got by not playing that game. So I was very grateful for that. Obviously, a debut is always special. So, um, yeah, I think it was definitely a big a big stepping stone.
0: And then you touched on second team cricket there. Can you describe that kind of environment? You got, at that time, you've got some youngsters like yourself trying to make it in the game. You've also got like professionals that perhaps um, are fighting for their contracts. Is yeah. it is, is a hostile environment at times? Yeah, it is at times. I think it's a strange environment I think having
1: compared it to you know first team cricket and university cricket you don't sort of look up as a team and say like you aren't like really proud to say of won the second 11 championship or won the second 11 T20 you sort of you don't really think about that which sort of highlights how much of a sort of an individual environment it can be Um, I remember sort of playing as a youngster obviously I want to go out and score runs but so does everyone else and it's, it's quite individual you know you don't want to rock up and be batting at eight or batting at nine and then you're sort of annoyed if you are and there's always going to be someone who's not happy um yeah it's very strange and but I think it it toughens you up and I think a lot of people get lost in the system having played second team cricket because it's it's not a nice environment at times so people tend to just realize that maybe it's not for them um so I think having come through that I think a couple of years that I had in the twos were really tough um but once you then break through it, it gives you that determination to really take your opportunity and kick on so that you don't have to spend you know, too much time there.
0: And then 2017, career best 156. You also topped the... That, that led to you topping the averages in the championship. I think you only played like four games that year. But yeah. that knock in particular must have given you confidence.
1: Yeah, I think I'd, I'd just got the 150 for the unis and I was sort of... Wanted to hit the ground running. I think you always want a run of games. And I was sort of given that back end of the season to try and prove myself. And in a, a top order where sort of a couple of lads were retiring and there was a couple of spots opening up, I think it was a perfect time to to kick on and, and try and nail myself down for 2018, especially. Um, you never really sort of, you never th- go out there thinking, oh, I'm going to get 100, especially when you've not played many games. So to put on a big total was definitely settles you down and gives you confidence and it definitely um, sort of opened me up to
0: to nailing my spot down in the side. So it was, yeah, definitely very um, satisfying. Yeah, then a couple of centuries followed the following year, 2019, you again had a fruitful year. But I want to just um, focus in on the on the Lions Tour that you were involved in, in yes. Australia. How was that as an experience?
1: Yeah, it was good. I mean, um, it was it was a great squad we had a young squad a lot of us sort of on our first tour um so you know a lot of talent and a lot of sort of determined young lads so we had a great team dynamic and we weren't just as you can touch on these environments can be quite individual at times but I think I was really sort of pleasantly surprised with how much of a a good team group we had um sort of we went there and we we wanted to win we sort of had briefs before we went and they were like, we need to sort of learn how to win out in Australia. So that was our main focus. I think a lot of guys bought into that and that's why we were so successful out there. Um, yeah, it was great to play against sort of some great Australia players at some, at some good grounds like the MCG. Um, there are moments that that don't, not a lot of guys get to experience. So um, definitely um, remember that and cherish
0: that to going forward. And then just before that talk in your mind did you see yourself as a batsman predominantly that kept because i asked that question because in five out of the six games you got given the gloves yeah so in terms of your mind where did you kind of see things then
1: well we got told sort of about the squads while we were out in India on spin camp so we didn't get given the whole squads when we found out so we were as a group trying to work out who was where and I just assumed that you know I'd be going as as the second keeper, but as a batter. Um, I assumed someone like you know Ben Folkes or um, someone else would be taking the gloves, um, and I'd sort of be there as as a batsman, but obviously as the reserve keeper as well. That was my first thoughts. But when I saw the squads and and he wasn't he wasn't there, and there was a couple of other young keepers sort of in each of the squads, um, I sort of thought, well, maybe I could push in as a keeper into one of the sides. Um, I didn't expect to to start in the white ball stuff, um, but to get the opportunity to to bat the order and keep was was really good uh, for sort of my development in that in that format. Um, and then the red ball, I was quite happy that that they sort of were impressed enough with my keeping to to give me the role. I, I guess so. I know that I can bat in the top three. I think they know that as well. Um, and I think at this moment in time, that is predominantly my strength. Um, but to know that my keeping's in a good enough place that I can take the gloves whenever is, it gives me good confidence, yeah.
0: And what was it like keeping on those bouncier, faster, quicker wickets down in down Australia? Yeah, it is nice. And I think that's where English keepers have a slight advantage, I think. I
1: think it's so tough at times to keep over here. Um, the Dukes obviously has a tendency to wobble more. We see a lot of foreign keepers come over here and struggle. So I think the fact that we've, We've grown up with that and and learned how to cope with that. I think going over to Australia makes it seem so much simpler. Um, obviously, keeping to really good bowlers is is always going to be tough, but definitely um, allows you to to relax a little bit more and being able to stand a bit further back and the ball coming at you at a nice height is, is
0: definitely nicer. And any tips you can give to aspiring keepers? any specific drills that you do? as a youngster or maybe now even kind of your mindset you'd like to keep in
1: the in the last 18 months since i've been involved in the in the ecb setup i think i've done a lot of work with with bruce french and chris reed um and it's sort of i think they break it down into sort of two or three really simple areas that if you can nail down um in your own sort of way you can you can nail them so you know having good posture um having a big catching area um and just moving moving really quickly and really efficiently I think is is key so just any drills that force you to stay in a good posture especially up to the stumps I think are good um anytime that you can get distractions in so like you know getting someone shadow batting or or putting like poles or something down so your views blocked I think anything like that that can increase your reactions is is really good um and just catching a volume of balls I think just I think that's what Ben Folks does especially well is he's the best keeper around because he keeps the most, he practices the most and I think he keeps in net situations a lot as well which a lot of keepers, we do growing up but then we get a bit further up and it's all sort of, we lose that. Um, just that mindset of being in sort of a game and not expecting every ball to come but being ready when it does is, is really useful.
0: Does your strength and conditioning have to change as well because obviously you're squatting up and down a lot, uh, you mentioned agility. Does it differ uh, in comparison to the other players? Yeah, I think so. I think
1: as you get up through the system, gym programs become more tailored. You know, bowlers, fast bowlers want to be really strong, um, but also sort of get really powerful movements, you know, from their from their lower limbs. Um, us as keepers, we want to do a lot of rotation, a lot of lateral movement. Um, and it was something that, you know, I worked with a couple of the guys in the England setup. a lot of movements in keeping positions so i have quite a wide stance so trying to all my movements in that wider base squat wider deadlift wider rather than narrower because it it builds up strength in the areas that you're using a lot um so yeah it's definitely down to those fine details that that
0: allow you to be in the best place out on the field and then you mentioned england there uh, this year 2020 you involved in in the squads uh, in the inter squad game the first one i think you were 85 yeah. Again, being involved in that environment, was it a surprise to you, or did you expect it? And when you when you did go in there, perform in that first game, it must have yeah. given you a lot of confidence. Again,
1: yeah, it's obviously been a strange summer. So I think at the start of the year, when I don't think you know, I wasn't expecting to be around that setup straight away. Obviously, you want to you want to score runs throughout the summer, and then hopefully back end of the summer, your name pops up and you might get an opportunity. Um, As soon as they said it was going to be sort of 55 names initially you know you're hopeful if you look at sort of the main England squad plus the Lions and that sort of thing so you're you're hopeful um to get in that initial 30 was brilliant um and it I just sort of took it at first as you know I've got two weeks to to sort of soak up the environment as much as I can and then sort of get ready to go back to county cricket I wasn't really expecting to get too much else um that squad game, again, I, I wasn't expecting to open the batting, but once I got the opportunity, it sort of showed that they had a bit of bit of faith in me. Um, and to deliver, I think that's what sort of has put me a bit up in the pecking order. It's just one opportunity that if you can take it, it, it goes a long way. So I've been lucky in that aspect. Um, yeah, it's strange considering I've not played much cricket. To think that I'm in a better position now than I was in March is really positive.
0: can you take us into that environment the leaders in that dressing room yeah let's give us a little insight
1: yeah i mean it's daunting at first obviously you don't you watch these guys on the telly um and then you're sort of chucked in with them it's it's strange like obviously people like root and stokes and butler stand out they (laughs) drive the sort of culture of the team it's amazing watching them in, go about their business. They're just so clinical, so specific, um, and they just get done what they need to. Um, it's a really friendly environment. You know, they're they're all very welcoming. They're all a, a close knit bunch, um, which was which was good to see. You obviously don't know what people are like um, out of the spotlight, so it was nice to learn that they're all you know good guys as well as obviously great cricketers. So yeah, it was it was really cool. I mean they're all sort of open to to passing on their knowledge if you sort of ask questions they'll give you really good answers and i definitely learned a lot from especially the batters um they gave us a lot of good good insight
0: and then has your mindset and the way you train has it has it slightly changed having been in that environment that that top end elite environment
1: yeah definitely i think you know it's made me realize that because i was there for so long training and i trained more than i've ever done before it sort of highlighted even more to to make sure that all your practice is purposeful you know you can get in court in a cycle where you're just hitting balls and hitting balls for hours and hours and just sort of come out of the end of it and think well what have i actually learned there so you know the likes of jonathan trott were really key on that they said go into a session with a with a purpose of what you're going to get out of it come the end and when you achieve that brilliant you've done exactly what you've gone uh, and set out to do so yeah i think i've come out with more idea of where my games at and what i need to do in my practice to to prepare me for for like competition and what are your goals now moving forward um i think really so if any test cricket does go ahead this winter after christmas possibly um you know i want to make a debut that's that's key i feel like i'm i feel like i'm within touch and distance you know being on the sidelines and doing the 12th man and that sort of stuff and Sort of preparing myself to play if someone sort of went down injured um yes yeah, it's, it's scary to think that you know i'm that close so test debut would be lovely um but just to go on an away tour would be again another new experience um another opportunity to, to show people what i can do um, and again it will just give me more time to play cricket before next summer um, so that's the main goal i think um and if that sort of doesn't materialize obviously just keep working on my game and put myself in a position to, to play test cricket whenever that opportunity hopefully does, does come up.
0: And then just to end on, what's the one piece of advice that perhaps you've been given that really resonated with you that you can perhaps share for youngsters or aspiring cricketers watching this?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I was speaking to couple the other day and there was, I was sat watching the cricket um with with my parents and they were sort of chatting on sky sports and it was something that i'd i'd been told by um by graham thorpe and um chris silverwood they sort of highlight to the batters how you know you're not as much as guys score runs consistently it's not a case of you're not going to always perform um i think it's something that i've i'm still learning is you know how to deal with 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 failure essentially so you're going, to go, you're going to get one or two good knocks in, in five or six games. It's, it's not going to happen all the time. So I think it's figuring out a way to, when it doesn't go your way, being able to, to deal with that and, and come out the other side in the next game to, to still be fresh enough to then go out and perform then. So just keep enjoying it. And I think that's, that's what drives it, is if you're enjoying your cricket, you're going to perform more consistently anyway.
0: Perfect, James. Really appreciate your time. Great insight into your career and all the best for the winter ahead. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks very much. The New York Hagram, Curricular Stories, James Bracey. Thank you.